Great chiropractors and physical therapists are under constant pressure of declining insurance reimbursements and long hours. But did you know there's a way to double your profit without working more? By building a gym onto your practice, you can earn more income, stabilize your business, and be a hero to your family, patients, and team. It's a big undertaking with a huge reward. Dr. Josh Satterley has done it, changed his life, and now wants to help you do the same. Welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Josh Satterley with Clinic Gym Radio, and I have a very special guest on today, Dr. Scott Mills. Scott, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, Doc. Hey, absolutely. Now, Scott, where are you based for everybody listening? Sure. Yeah, I'm in San Francisco, California. <laughs> nice. Well, actually, you're kind of based there and based on, on the ultra webs, right? You have a big yeah. kind of online presence as well? <laughs> That's the plan anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, have a fairly, well, I'd say a growing online presence. Let's put it that way. Yeah, well, it's all scale in that world, right? Is a thousand a lot? Yes, until you meet somebody with 10,000 followers and then 100,000. And then this person has 18 million followers. And you're like, oh my God, how does that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Dr. Scott, uh, you know, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, He's he's done a great job of promoting himself. He's a chiropractor. And I heard about him. And then turns out that he's kind of uh, married to somebody my wife is like, uh, you know, has, has... has hero status for. Um, and so it's, what's interesting is I, I hope we get to talk about this, but you guys kind of uh, looking at that different path and seeing, cause your wife is an author essentially. Right. Right. And uh, looking at that different path and how that reflected on your kind of clinical skill um, your clinical setup. I know you've mm-hmm. talked about that and I hope to get to that later, but yeah, let's sure. start out. Um, what is your current practice setup there in yeah. San Francisco? Yeah, for sure. So um, I have, uh, I'm just a solo practitioner in a space in a large gym in San Francisco. We're kind of right in the heart of the city. Um, It's called a gym called Studio Mix. So they have a pretty large space and lots of different little kind of mini studios within that space. So there's some, you know, strength training and yoga and Pilates and, um, you know, et cetera. And uh, yeah, I I rent a, I rent a room in that space and I've been doing that for about a year and a half. So I'm fairly new to the Bay area, but kind of lucked into this position through, uh, through some mutual acquaintances and uh, it's been fantastic. Uh, So I see, I see patients there just in that location about three days a week. And then really, yeah, the other part of my, I guess, quote unquote practice is building the online brand and online business and, and kind of exploring that hybrid model of, you know, still really enjoying the clinical practice and loving what I do with my patients, but also trying to use my expertise in a way to, to help others, uh, you know, anywhere in the world. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough. Uh, I always think it's tough when you, you know, somebody will ask, Hey, my mom lives in, you know, some tiny little town and you're like, can you help her out? I'm like, there's nobody that I know in that town. Oh my gosh. You know, uh, it's good that they can access you from anywhere to kind of get some, some information about rehab and whatnot. So exactly right. And I think the big thing too, doc is, and you probably see a lot of this is we're combating this age of information is, is also an age of misinformation. And so a lot of the work I do online is really trying to clear up uh, a lot of myths surrounding pain recovery, rehab, chiropractic, uh, fitness. I do a lot kind of in that fitness space too. And, and just kind of trying to cut through the bro science and uh, helping people dissect what uh, really is true underneath all of that information. Yeah. So you're saying that we need to take a filter to the internet, the information oh, we find there? I, I think so. I think that's huh. a good plan. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, well, I'll, I'll give it some thought, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. So I'm sure that you, uh, 
the other thing is just how many sources information it's like the, you know, too many cooks ruin the broth, right? Like it can Mm -hmm. just absolutely, a lot of those things would have been great tools, but in the system that they're put in, they're like, it's just too much mix. Right. Well, that's great, man. And uh, so let's talk about this. So you are in a gym. Let's go back to the live practice. So you're in a gym and a lot of the folks that we're talking to, we're trying to get them to add a gym, but can you kind of talk about how, how low friction the idea of, of getting the cross referrals when you're actually inside the physical walls of the gym is? Uh, yeah, it's really easy and awesome. <laughs> All right. And moving on, we'll go on to the next point. <laughs> I like the joke. Uh, I mean, a little bit that uh, my marketing budget is literally zero. Um, because honestly, like if you take care of the folks that come in, you're going to get instant inside referrals. I mean, it's just such an easy, um, it's just a straight line, right? Because a couple of things, the other, the other thing I didn't mention about the, the, the gym that I'm in is because it's such a large space, uh, we actually, the gym itself is a hub for personal trainers in the city where they pay a fee to, you know, the gym owners, and then they are actually training their clients there throughout the day. So there's not just the members that belong to the gym that are coming in for classes. There's also people who are non-members coming in to train with their personal trainer. Uh, And basically what I've started doing is just, you know, as soon as I first started uh, working there, I just, you know, reached out to all the personal trainers, all the employees in the gym and said, Hey, just come in for, you know, a complimentary session. Let me take care of you. So you understand, you know, what kind of techniques and practice I'm doing. And, and if you think it's something that's uh, worth referring your members or your clients to, then, uh, you know, I'd be happy to take care of them obviously and start doing that. And that's basically what's built my practice. That's awesome. And I think a lot of people overlook the fact that, you know, personal relationships are great referral sources, right? Whether that's with your patients or with, you know, focusing on those trainers. And the great news is that I'm, I'm going to guess that because you focus on the trainers, that the people that come in as referrals are the, the type of person you want to see, right? You're using that as like a filter to say, if you're not working with a trainer, there's, there's a chance I might not, not like you as a patient. But when you are working with a personal trainer and you've invested in that every week or month, then they turn out to be the very type of people that you like working with. Yeah, hundred percent. I think there's a, there's lots to unpack there actually, doc. And one thing is just, I didn't start out in life like this. Um, the first practice I opened was, you know, a general wellness based practice. It was insurance uh, based and I did. So that was the, the widest net you can cast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I didn't really love it. You know, it was fine. Like I was helping people, but I just, it, it didn't feel like me and I'll have a background. We didn't really talk about in uh, as a certified athletic trainer. That's what I did for six years before going back to chiropractic college. So I had always been used to working with highly motivated athletes and then I sort of, you know, got out of school and, and then sort of worked with the general population. And, you know, it's tough, you know, if you're working with folks who are not necessarily your 100% target market, uh, it can be frustrating as a doc, as a clinician. So, yeah, being in the gym setting, um, having basically what we call pre-qualified patients, right? Folks that mm-hmm. who already are on board with trying to take care of themselves. They're already trying to be active, already trying to better themselves um, in, a, in a movement-based type of practice. Uh, you know, it's just a, it's just a no brainer to come, to come in and see me and I'm a movement based practitioner and, uh, and kind of add that next layer of care. Yeah, that's fantastic. Like, and man, it's, uh, it's so easy when you have those relationships to really get a healthy, um, 
you know, a, a healthy stream of people coming in. I just had a gentleman yesterday asking, how can I get more people? And it's like, when's the last time you had lunch with one of your referral sources? Yeah. Well, they're really busy and this and that. It's like, right. Which is, they're probably sitting there thinking nobody cares because nobody's reaching out. Yeah. They're busy, but they're human beings too. Like you're saying, like they want to love the people they work with and the, and they want to feel appreciated as well. And so if you just bring them a Starbucks and say, Hey, Scott, thank you very much for that referral. That means a lot to me. You know, that whatever you're going to say, $5 goes a long ways because sure. you're, you're feeding their, their basic human needs to feel important. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, just to follow up on the relationship side of it too. One of the other things, you know, that I've done is, is not just stayed in house either. So, you know, the other part of what I do is, you know, being in a, a metropolitan area, there's, I mean, there's a gym on every block. It seems like in San Francisco, but sometimes know. two or three on the same yeah. block. Yeah. So I've picked out a few, you know, that are training folks the way that, you know, I think is, is, uh, is really good. And, um, you know, basically signed up for some classes, went and started, you know, being a member at, you know, one of the CrossFit gyms that the owners that I got to know. And now she's a great referral source, you know, and taking care of her. And, you know, when they have a, a member who gets in trouble, you know, it, you know, I'm the go-to uh, provider for that, for that gym. There's a swing uh, studio right around the corner, kettlebell studio. Um, you know, they actually reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, we see you're doing stuff online. Why don't you come by for some classes? So, establish that relationship, you know, not just the in-house, you know, personal trainers, the members and, and the employees there at, at my local gym, but also the folks in the area. And just like you said, I mean, what's that cost me? And it cost me some, <laughs> the cost of a class, which I would probably do anyway in an hour and, you know, building that relationship. But at the end of the day, um, you know, those are where my best clients are coming from or, or people who are already are already on board with what I'm offering. Yeah, that's awesome. Especially because uh, it's fun to do those things as well, right? Like you enjoyed the class, I'm sure, to, to go yeah. over there and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, awesome. that's one thing about being, you know, an athlete and a movement provider. It's like, I'm always looking for places to work out. I'm always looking to learn new things. Like I'd never been to a kettlebell studio before. So it's like, not just, a, you know, it's kind of a one, two. I'm like, oh, cool. I get to learn, you know, some new techniques uh, from the fitness side of things. And then also, you know, establish relationships with, with new people in the area. So, yeah. Nice. Did you go in and call it a kettleball? Cause I heard they love that when you. <laughs> no, oh, I, knew okay. enough, I knew enough about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, now that's interesting. So you're talking about like walking around a beautiful metropolitan city like San Francisco, going gym to gym, working out, living the dream. Uh, you know, you love where you live, but how did you transition to that from What'd you say? Pittsburgh was it before? Yeah, Pittsburgh. I was I was in sort of outside of the city there, kind of in in more of a suburb. And um, yeah, I just you know ultimately I met my wife uh, Diane Sanfilippo, who you sort of referenced earlier. Um, and uh, you know she's in the online space in nutrition and, and specifically, you know, uh, through her work with Practical Paleo, Balanced Weights Podcast, etc. But um, you know, meeting her was really you know, obviously just meeting somebody that <laughs> you end up falling in love with and want to marry, that's one side of things. But also like it really opened my eyes from a business side of things, just seeing the way she was able to, you know, take something that traditionally uh, is a, is a one-on-one -on -one type of practice, which is being a nutritionist, right? You're working with clients, you're trying to get clients. Um, and how she took that and sort of used that expertise to really uh, reach unlimited amount of people online with that same kind of information, but just repackaged in, in a way that was usable uh, in an online format. So yeah, we yeah. were 
Was that, sorry, sorry to cut in, but was no. that going on at the same time you're kind of, I don't know, your candle was kind of dimming over at your, your general yes. wellness practice? Yes. Okay. Yeah. As, all right. When, what, how did you, like, when did you make the decision, like something had to change? And I'm going to guess that, that at that same time was the move was included yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. So we moved uh, out to um, where she was at in New Jersey after I kind of closed things down in Pittsburgh. And um, uh, some friends of ours actually own two CrossFit affiliates out there. And I actually started seeing patients um, at the CrossFit affiliate. Um, and that sort of, you know, dipped my toe back into like, okay, so I'm going to do this, you know, gym thing and, you know, worked out some things there, but honestly we were only there not even a year, I think, or maybe just a little over a year before we ended up moving to San Francisco. So never really grew the practice there, but it gave me that good kind of taste of like, Ooh, these are highly motivated, you know, active, uh, patients. And it really just recharged my battery on the in-person side of things. And then all that same while I'm watching her, and all the work she's doing, I'm like, wow, there's like a really creative solution here for me to do stuff I really love uh, in a different kind of format, you know, basically, you know, trying to do some online content creation. So, yeah, that's, yeah. I'm sure what you weren't making in, in dollars at the New Jersey practice was kind of recharging your internal batteries, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the reason I ask is I think there are a lot of people out there, you know, I'm always saying, Hey, build this hybrid clinic gym, uh, and, and what I'm trying to do is really break people out of the fricking matrix. But so many of them are like, Hey, listen, this isn't exactly the perfect practice that I want, but you know what? It works for now and it pays my bills. And you know, there's kind of that comfortableness that may might be overwhelming their confidence, right? That it's like, well, this is just how it's going to go. And it's interesting that you're saying you decided to throw that all away. <laughs> Luckily you had somebody next to you that was building a larger uh, potentially larger exposure thing. Yeah. And, and that gave you the confidence to say, Hey, I can do this and I can do what I want to do. The people that I want to work with and that you could actually move to a place that you want to be in. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And also, um, well, I guess I'll say too, just like on a broader scale of things, like ultimately if someone's thinking about doing a practice shift, whether it's adding a gym to their practice or, or, you know, trying to create some online content, whatever it might be, I do think there's an important factor involved and that is finding something or a format that you, that you love, that you, that actually, you know, gets you out of bed in the morning, excited to go, you know, do whatever it is you want to do. And that might not look the same for everybody. Um, for me, I started creating some YouTube videos. That was sort of the first thing I started doing, uh, just basically for my gym client patients and saying, you know, like I have this motivated group of people, <laughs> I might as well give them some homework to do. Right. So I started doing these little one-off videos of, you know, whether it was like a lumbar stability series or, you know, you know, whatever it might be, plantar fasciitis video or something <clears throat> to give themselves some homework, whatever. But I was like, ooh, I really like this. You know, the content creation, filming a video, uh, learning how to do the editing process, like kind of trying to figure out uh, that whole system actually really excited me. And so that's the thing I think I would encourage people to do is actually find what, uh, and explore it a little bit because you might not know until you try it. But, you know, if you find something that really lights you up, do that. And talk about it incessantly, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, you know, that one of the things that I've, that one of the reasons I think that kettlebells have made an explosion over the last 10 years, but especially over the last five or three is that 
people that are into kettlebells are into kettlebells, man. Like they're passionate about it and they're not scared to just get out in front of the world and say, I don't, they're essentially saying, I don't lift barbells. I don't lift dumbbells. I don't do, you know, X, Y, or Z, but you know what I do? I swing this, you know, uh, ball of cast iron around because I love it. And, and because of that, people see passion, they recognize it and they go, I don't know what the hell that guy's holding, but man, I want to be part of what he's doing. Right. Absolutely. And that translates that energy that you're putting out into whatever you're excited about translates into other people and it gets other people excited. So whether it's, you know, building an Instagram following or uh, building a gym or building a practice, uh, if you're not excited about what you're doing, that's going to, you know, you're going to see that in the results. Yeah. Now, uh, was there any time that you looked across at your wife or I don't know, girlfriend or fiance at that time and did you have a, a single moment where you're like, what the hell am I doing? I'm working so hard to make it here. And, and she's not, yes. not that she's not working hours. I'm just saying that she's not working hard where it's like tearing apart, tearing you apart. Yeah, I definitely remember. Well, first I need to say she works harder than anyone I've ever met. <laughs> so, right. I, I, I was, I was trying to phrase that the right way. Yeah, I don't yeah. want people to think it's like easy no. street. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> but the, it's the multiples and it's the reward for the hard work. Cause I've, I feel like I've really had really worked hard in my Pittsburgh practice, but I didn't see the results from it. So yeah, there was definitely a moment where she had worked, um, with, and I'm not going to remember the name of the program or whatever, but it was an online launch uh, it wasn't even hers. She was actually just helping promote it. And for promoting it, she was you know, getting an affiliate um, compensation for, you know, basically advertising. And we went to Hawaii <laughs> based on the results of that. Um, and it was literally like a one day thing. She, you know, sent out an email, did some social media, and we had this, you know, really nice chunk of change come in from it. I was just like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I got to figure something out differently because it's just, it showed the, to me, it showed the power of the internet. So that was like probably five years ago. Um, where I was really just starting to learn, you know, how to do online content and whatnot. But, uh, I was like, Oh, okay. So there's literally unlimited amount of people that need help in the world. And if we can help them provide a solution, we can be compensated well for it. Um, and there's no real limit to that. Like when we have a, trading your hours for dollars practice, there's a limit. You make as much as you want to work and fill up that schedule. Right. But with online content, there is no limit. It's just, it's endless. So it's pretty, that was definitely an eye opening thing for me. I was like, I just can't, uh, I can't keep tra trading hours for dollars only. Like I still love practicing. Uh, I get excited every time I get to go to the office and, and see patients. So I don't want to give that up. But it was also kind of a, a crux or, or I guess a, a turning point for me just mentally thinking mm -hmm. differently about the expertise and like, how can I deliver this expertise or use this expertise to deliver solutions to people's problems? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm just thinking like uh, in my mind, I want to say, did she get a pre-auth to do that, uh, to do that affiliate commission? You know? <laughs> yeah. she, uh, <laughs> she put the, did she put her order or email in the right, uh, in box 13B on the uh, HICFA, you know? Oh like, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, well, that's awesome that you got to experience that because it was like, uh, what do they call it? Exper experiential learning about yeah. what, what's possible. Yeah. Definitely. So I'm glad that you're saying that. Cause I think there's a lot of doctors out there that need to hear this stuff and, um, and really kind of, kind of got to shake up that snow globe a little bit because it, you know, it, the traditional just billing insurance, I always say like, if you, if you were seeing a hundred, 
uh, patients a week uh, 10 years ago, and then you're seeing 100 patients a week today, and you, you were simply accepting insurance, you're probably making half as much money 10 years later, right? Right. And, and there's not many jobs where the pay declines year after year after year for 10 years, right? Like, certainly not any union jobs. They would not allow that. They would step in. <laughs> so. And there's a couple of things there too. I, I think that not only, I don't know, maybe this is just me. I'm sure it's not, but there was a couple of things that, that, that did mentally to me. Um, it feels very slighting, doesn't it? To be not only having a decrease over time, but just like in general, there's no other profession uh, or I guess industry that you regularly get 40 or 50% of your fee for, right? Like nobody like goes to work at Apple and is like, Oh, my paycheck was 50% of what I thought it was going to be this, this week. Right. Um, and to me mentally, it just was so defeating. I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, yeah. So when I moved, yeah, when I moved to San Francisco, I did end up going hundred uh, percent out of pocket. And, you know, it definitely, I, I don't know. A lot of people are going to say, oh yeah, you can do that because it's San Francisco and like there's tech jobs and blah, blah, blah. But I think that you can create an environment, a competitive environment, no matter where you are in the world. Um, if you're offering, you know, something special and, and a service that people want and need. And we'll be right back with our interview with Dr. Scott Mills right after this. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist working long hours, worrying about lower repayments and missing out on quality time with your family? You can double your income without working more hours by adding a gym to your practice. Clinic Gym Hybrid Solutions has a step-by-step -step guide that dramatically simplifies and speeds up the addition of a fitness center and its monthly recurring revenue. In just six months, you can be on your way to freedom. Visit clinicgymhybrid.com today for a free downloadable PDF and complimentary consultation to get you started. That's clinicgymhybrid.com. So you you have a all-cash um, practice now, and you said uh, earlier, I think before we were recording, that you do that about half-time? Yep. Okay, so that just means 12, uh, 7 to 7, uh, 7 days a week, right? That's half-time half, half -time for most clinicians. <laughs> I, see, I think my actual, if I, if I add them up, it's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, it's almost embarrassing to say. I think it's like 18 hours a week. So, I'm actually seeing patients. Yeah. All right, people are now throwing their, uh, their iPhone <laughs> out the window. Like, I can't listen to this heretic anymore, you know? <laughs> well, so there's one other piece to my practice that yeah. I actually haven't talked about, which I think it's worth mentioning because it is sort of one of those things that's a little bit, I don't know, I guess different. So I do actually have a corporate contract as well. Um, it's through active release technique, corporate solutions. I don't know if, how many folks yeah. are familiar with that, but basically, you know, it's, a, it's one of these type of, you know, soft tissue interventions that corporations will actually hire practitioners mm -hmm. like our, ourselves who are uh, active release technique certified to come on site and provide soft tissue care and relief. Um, so I do that two hours a week also at a local company. And again, that's, it's a hundred percent, there's no insurance involved, right? So the company's paying ART and ART pays me. So there's no, uh, <laughs> you know what you're going to get every month, basically is what I'm saying. Yeah, you don't, um, you don't play some game where you bill twice as much to only get half and then you're yeah, like, exactly. oh, okay, good, yeah. So well, it's good another, for you. another source of, you know, non-insurance-based income that I can rely on every month that's coming in. Um, and then, of course, the rest of my week, is, uh, is, you know, basically doing what my wife tells me to do, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is building my online brand uh, under the moniker Full Body Fix. And so, yeah, there's lots of different resources I'm creating there. 
Um, you know, yeah, well, I just went to, uh, I just went to full body fix and I saw your, your blog and you just recently built a uh, home gym too, right? Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got a, a single family home here in San Francisco and, and we only have one car, but we had a, a, you know, the place has basically a double, double deep or tandem garage. So I was like, you know, we could probably put a gym together in this garage. So yeah, I just went through that whole process, uh, couple months ago and yeah, I got the blog post up. I love it. You got a, you got a gym at home, a gym at work. That's right. And then you go around town looking for other gyms to meet people. (laughs) What a, what a crappy life, right? At at some point, do we need to have an intervention? Like Scott, I know you've, uh, you've done a lot of exercise in your life and that's okay, but we're going to move on from here. Well, the funny thing about it is by the time you get to be my age, almost 40 now, it sort of becomes its own self-limiting factor because you just get nicked up and you're like, ah, I think I can take a a break now. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, let me ask you this, like changed years just a tiny bit, but for those people that are like, Hey, listen, I, I'm not going to build a huge online presence and right. we're not going to dedicate for a full on that to be half of my clinic. But w- have you learned any, any tips or tools that you can share with our listeners? If they do have that local brick and mortar practice and they want to build that up through the online, you know, presence, are there any tips that you would share with them? I mean, your, your wife's essentially internationally known and, and she, she's trying to cast a huge net across the world, right? But yeah. you're, you're half and half, right? You're trying to get the big net and you also have this local presence. Right. Uh, what can you tell our listeners on, on some tips uh, on how to do that? Yeah. So I think that, yeah, there's a couple of different layers there, which is, is funny because I do, I do get patients that come to me. And again, uh, I guess there's a benefit to being in a, in a metropolitan area, but you know, I always ask people that come in who aren't, you know, already gym members or whatever, you know, how'd you hear about me? And I'd say, you know, maybe one patient a month it's from an, from online. It's, uh, I heard your podcast, you know, I, we subscribed to your podcast, the full by fixed radio, or, you know, I saw your Instagram account maybe a couple times a month. I get, I get a patient like that. And it always surprises me because like when I'm creating online can, content, I kind of forget about the fact that someone might actually come see me locally. Especially uh, in a town where, you know, uh, technology and podcasts are yeah. huge, right? Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be different if you're based in Kansas City or something. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think the number one tip is, uh, there's a couple of things. One is pick your platform a little bit. Uh, I think a lot of times, uh, especially if you're busy in a brick and mortar practice, you're trying to do Facebook, you're trying to do Instagram, you're trying to do, you know, Google reviews, Yelp reviews, like, there's so many different ways you could take it. Um, I do think focusing on one or two things and doing them really well is important. And I think figuring out like getting your pulse on your local area. So for, for example, in San Francisco, Yelp is actually a big thing. Um, Yelp reviews are huge. Like that's where the first place people go when they're going to a service-based industry. I'm going to check their Yelp page to see what kind of reviews they have. So that's like a really important thing. Now, when I was in Pittsburgh, nobody used Yelp. That would have been a complete waste of time. So obviously like picking something that's important in your area, uh, if you're trying to get local practice members or patients from doing online work, I think that's the number one thing is, you know, kind of picking something and going with it and then being really consistent about it. So I think consistency is really key. Uh, Just like you have to show up every day to your practice (laughs) if you're working full time. Uh, you have to show up to whatever that online, you know, piece is too. Uh, pretty much every day. I mean, consistency really is key. So, you know, it's one of the things, my favorite platform is Instagram. It's where I have my biggest following. Uh, you know, I have to post 
quote unquote half. Uh, I try to post six, six out of seven days a week to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm showing up every day and doing the work and, uh, and, and people are, you know, finding me on there. So those are kind of the two big things I think that I would recommend. Nice. Okay. And, um, and can you talk to a little bit about, um, have you learned anything with the social platforms of if I'm going after a certain demographic, are they more popular? For example, golfers, I know love YouTube because they want to see lessons and they want to be able to sort them and they want to take lessons from every golf instructor under the freaking face of the earth. So they don't want to go searching them out on Instagram, but you know, um, whereas Instagram might be more popular for, um, you know, certain age demographics or what have you learned there? Can you share any tips? No, no, definitely. And uh, that's, that kind of goes with the, the first point I was trying to make, um, you know, figuring out which platform does kind of suit your, the demographic, your target demographic. So obviously, like you said, Instagram does tend to be, you know, mostly the twenties to 30 somethings. Um, but yeah, if you, if you had a specific target audience like that, like golfers, yeah, I think that's a pretty good, um, that's a pretty good example. Like they want to see those longer form, you know, instructional type videos. Maybe YouTube is a good place to go for that. Um, you know, one of the things I've found and, and, a lot of the content that I create is sort of centered around the fitness side of things. So, you know, functional movement providers um, like myself are finding actually a really big following on Instagram. Um, And maybe it's a podcast, you know, Hey, we're here talking about podcast, you know, figuring out is there a medium uh, like, like podcasting that fits whatever kind of demographic I'm targeting to. And so, yeah, I think, I think, there's a lot of options there, but I do think it's important to kind of, as you said, you know, pick your niche, figure it out and, and do some testing. That's the other thing too. We never know what's going to take off until you do it. Like you never know. So I started on YouTube. Um, I didn't know if anyone was going to watch those until I started doing them. And then actually it's funny. You mentioned plantar fasciitis. That's like my, my biggest uh, uh, viewed video on there, I was like, oh, a lot of people have plantar fasciitis <laughs> and are looking for help yeah. online and, uh, you know, half a million views later and still growing. So, uh, you know, you don't know what uh, you don't know until you do something. So I think part of it is a little bit of just creating and then listening and then reassessing and then, then kind of narrowing in your tar- target. So if the, uh, if we have the, those guru Scott Mills kind of advice here, if I get onto a platform, I say, Hey, I'm going to make it a presence on Instagram. Yeah. How long should I stick with it? No matter what the numbers say to truly say that I, I gave this a test. Yeah. I, I think that does vary a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I think people can be discouraged initially too by things and, and, and that can lead to sort of start stop a lot, which is, mm-hmm. is definitely not, because um, yeah. you have to realize these algorithms are kind of exponential. Like yeah. you have to hit some thresholds before they really start promoting you. And then at certain thresholds, they self-promote you because they're like, Ooh, this person's engaging. Our crowd yeah. really likes them. Let's show them to more people. Yeah. I think there's some of that, but as far as like trying to pick a, a, a time frame, I, I don't know. I think part of it too is just your own personal satisfaction. Like, if you're doing something, you just hate it. I mean, I'll give you a personal example. Like I'm not really on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, but my assistant does all the work pretty much on there. Like we talk about the content, we coordinate it, but literally she does the, you know, the drafts. I, I, I look them over, but 
I don't really want to, inter- I, it just angers me. Like the whole algorithm <laughs> thing. I'm just like, it, it's like too much mental stress for me to try to play the Facebook game that I just, I just decided to not, not really do it anymore. Now I'm not, you know, removing myself from the platform completely, but for me, my own personal energy, uh, I'd rather devote it to something that excites me. So, you know, for me to go down in the, into the garage gym, shoot, you know, a corrective exercise video for, you know, fixing your hip pain and squats or whatever it might be. That's more exciting for me to, to get that together, put it on Instagram and then actually see people engage with it and ask me questions and, and do all that. Whereas, you know, just throwing up a link on Facebook and having nobody see it unless you pay for it. It's just like, I couldn't do it mentally anymore. So I do think part of it is just conserving your own personal energy. And especially too, if we're talking to docs, who are trying to do this on top of, you know, full-time practice, you know, you, you have a limited amount of energy and time. And, and maybe at that point, you, you know, you do hire somebody or bring somebody on to do some part-time work with you too. Yeah. I think what's most impressive about you, Scott, just listening to you say that is you are a person that at certain points you were, uh, you were, comfortable enough to completely move on from what you're doing. Like you essentially just said the same thing about Facebook that you said about the insurance companies back in the day. And I don't know what your transition from athletic trainer uh, to chiropractor was, but was, (laughs) was there a similar? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, but you're not scared to move on. It's impressive. And the thing is too, I don't want people to think that, Oh, it's just like a, that's like a personality thing. You're just going to move on to the next thing. Like right now, like I've never been happier. Like I, I feel like all that refining has actually gotten me to a place where I do feel like really comfortable and in a good way, like with the, the mix that I have, I'm just like super happy about the practice that I've created the, you know, and the content that I'm doing. But uh, yeah, the athletic training thing was, was funny because I actually loved being an AT, but um, the problem ultimately just came down to you have all this knowledge as a certified athletic trainer, but you have a limited capacity or scope to actually practice, practice it in. And so I got to that point where I was like, you know, I feel like I have almost, you know, <laughs> better knowledge in orthopedics than a lot of medical doctors. Uh, and yet I'm basically taping ankles and, and fetching water. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I feel like I kind of hit basically that ceiling of I needed to go and further my education in order to basically yeah. put those, put that knowledge into practice. For all the docs listening, by the way, like if you want to hire the, like if you can find an ATC and say, Hey, I want you to be a big part of this and, and I'm going to give you as much freedom as legally as allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will turn into the best dollar for dollar ROI of any employee you have because they are so well-trained. Their knowledge is so in depth yet. Nobody ever values them enough, man. They could completely revolutionize your practice. So try and find an ATC and, and, and empower them. You'll be amazed at what they can do for you. I couldn't agree more. I mean, we didn't necessarily mean this to be a main talking point of the podcast. No, but, the, but go the, ahead. The training for a uh, certified to become a certified athletic trainer is, is, intensely rigorous. And unfortunately there are not that many jobs out there for them, um, that compensate you in, in, in I think the way I think they should be. Um, so yeah, I a hundred percent agree. If you can find somebody who gets motivated, um, the wealth of knowledge they can bring to your practice and do a number of different things in a high, highly uh, skilled way, it, it can be huge. Yeah. And the, the greatest thing about athletic trainers too, is especially if they're coming out of a larger university, like, you know, one AA or, or, or division one, uh, they have a lot of reps. And another way to say it is they've screwed up a lot 
And by the time they get to you, well, and, and they've screwed up to people who aren't afraid to tell them that they screwed up. Yeah. You know, I didn't get that in chiropractic college. Like chiropractic college, you come, you treat people in the student clinic and, and, yeah. and they're all happy, go lucky because they're paying, you know, a dollar and a half. If you tape somebody's ankle too tight, I, I worked in the training room when I was in college and you tape somebody's ankle too tight and they go out on the field and they know it a hundred steps out the door. Like they do not hesitate to let you know that you screwed up. And, yep. and uh, a lot of learning happens in that comment. <laughs> oh yeah. A lot of Definitely. learning. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. Well, uh, last piece I just want to cover here. If we have one, uh, two minutes, since you kind of sat uh, and watched somebody really put out a book, I know a lot of clinicians I talked to are thinking, Hey, I'm going to put out a book and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Can you kind of talk a little bit about the difference between putting out a book and, and I would say your wife's had wild success with her books. Um, any, yeah. any advice you'd offer there? <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> no, um, I, you know, obviously she'd be the expert to ask. Uh, I can tell you from observing it, it is an absolutely brutal process. Uh, <laughs> in a number of different ways. It's hard, you know, obviously just writing is, can be challenging. Um, it's hard to promote. It's, uh, it's mentally taxing because you're putting something out there into the world in print that immediately, as soon as you, you know, the first person gets their hands on it, you start getting feedback that there's stuff wrong with it, no matter how many times people edit it. Um, so I think there's lots of different levels that I've seen Diane go through. And, and as you said, fortunately, you know, her, her main book, the original book, uh, Practical Paleo, uh, you know, was a hundred times over New York times bestseller. So yeah, she had a lot of success with it, but that's the exception, not the rule. Like most folks do not sell, you know, half a million copies of a book and, and make a, a living off of it. Um, however, if you have, feel like you have a book in you and isn't that the joke, like everyone has a book in them um, <laughs> and you will be, feel rewarded for just getting it out there into the ether, then I'd say go for it. But uh, just realize that the financial component to it is not, uh, guaranteed. And the work that goes into it is incredibly, incredibly difficult. So she's actually out on the road right now touring her newest book, which I'll give a little shout out, 21 Day Sugar Detox Daily Guide. Uh, she's in the middle of a 19 city tour, you know, and this is, this is somebody who's actually going to have people show up to these book events. If you're an unknown author, you may go do a bunch of you know, book signings with three or four people or nobody or your mom. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, uh, I'd say proceed with caution. Um, but again, it's one of those things where if you feel like you're just going to burst, if you don't get this information out into the world, then yeah, you know, crush it. Yeah. That's great. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. I'm just sitting here thinking the ironic thing now is that to to share the world's oldest form of media, which is books, yeah. you need the you need to have a very strong following of the newest form of media, which is social media, right? That is that is kind of the the template for success right now. I mean, people get big online followings and then they write a book because they know you know they have a built-in audience to buy the book. So um, yeah, she did interesting. She went about a little bit of a different route, which I think is is testament to part of her success, which is she taught um, nutrition classes at CrossFit gyms all over the country. Um, uh, in person, meeting, you know, thousands of people over the course of multiple years. And at then, a time when CrossFit was growing yeah, exponentially, right? Yeah, and then right kind of hit that thing right in 2012, you know, when practical, practical paleo came out, it was sort of that swell, a seawell of, uh, of perfect storm, uh, where she had met all these people and CrossFit was popular and paleo was probably the number one search, you know, nutrition term. Um, 
and yeah, so it did really well, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it is kind of funny. <laughs> you do a lot of the models these days really are, you know, oh, get yourself a big online following and then write a book. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, there's a comedian that says that the oldest form and the newest form of writing are both called tablets, right? <laughs> Moses brought tablets down from Mount Sinai <laughs> and then people are on their tablet computer looking at, uh, you know, uh, Yelp reviews. So anyways, well, Scott, this has been uh, awesome. I really appreciate your time. If uh, anybody wants to get a hold of you, can you give them your website and uh, where to find you? Yeah, absolutely. Everything uh, I do can be found one way or another at fullbodyfix.com. And uh, I'm most active at uh, Instagram at fullbodyfix. Um, But yeah, everything from there, you can find the podcast, you can find uh, the program that I sell, which is basically a corrective exercise protocol uh, video rehab program for people suffering from anything from, you know, low back pain to carpal tunnel syndrome to plantar fasciitis. I've got a video for that. So you can check that out at yeah, fullbodyfix.com. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and, uh, and giving some people some inspiration, man. I think that you're really an inspiration in the fact that you realize you weren't happy in a couple different realms and you said, Hey, it's okay to move on. Yeah. So, I mean, you keep, keep refining until you to find your niche. Yeah. And if anybody sees uh, his wife out on the road, say, man, Scott was saying on that podcast, he was not happy until he met you. It was amazing. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's always better. If somebody gives, somebody else tells your wife a compliment on your behalf. You know, they're like, wow, he, he really said that about me. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, well, on behalf of Dr. Scott Mills with uh, the Full Body Fix, this is Dr. Josh Satterley saying, go out there, maximize your license and live a life that you dreamt of. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're ready to double your profit without working longer hours, please visit clinicgymhybrid.com and find out how easy it is to get started on your path to freedom. That's clinicgymhybrid.com.